and welcome to my weekly show. I'm Father Roderick, and I am podcasting from a different studio. It's a different room. I've got a different computer in front of me, a Mac instead of a PC. I'm using totally new audio hardware. Everything is different except for me, even though even I changed a little bit this week. <laughs> I'll tell you more about it in the show. This episode is brought to you in conjunction with my supporters over at patreon.com slash fatherroderick. And I want to welcome Kay as one of my new patrons. Welcome to the community. And if you are able to support me, you you value what I do, and you have the financial means to support me on a monthly basis, then by all means, check it out at patreon.com slash fatherroderick. And if you can uh, support me, then you'll get access as a thank you to a special podcast feed. It's a show that I record every week. It's a little bit more behind the scenes. I can answer questions. I talk a lot more about how I do what I do, how I film, how I record audio. Sometimes I have segments that I can't fit in the regular show. I'll I'll put them in the after show. It's called the after show. So um, the the patrons get access to to a second podcast. So they get three podcasts every week from me instead of two because I also produce the walk. But that one is also available for everyone. Let's take you know a look what's going on? at the news. This is what's happening in your world. They said Catholics rule. We got Boston, South America, the good part of Ireland, and we're making serious inroads in Mozambique, baby. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Well, my world, my audio world definitely got a little bit larger this week because a few days ago uh, I received a big box from Amazon and it contained the Rodecaster Pro. I've mentioned the Rodecaster Pro in previous episodes of this show. Um, it's a new device. Rode is a, is a mostly a, a, a microphone and a audio audio interface producer. I have several devices from them, always great quality. And uh, not so long ago, they launched a new device sp specifically made with and for podcasters. Um, and, and one of the reasons that they wanted to create this device is that, of course, to make money. <laughs> but also a lot of podcasting is booming. There, there are many, way more podcasters and still many f future podcasters that want to join this, this kind of new medium. Or at least for a lot of people, it's new. For me, it's like super old because I've been doing this for more than 10 years. Um, but they're kind of... Um, struggling with the audio, with the the equipment, and it, it's true. It is pretty difficult to set up a decent sounding uh, podcast studio because you need good microphones, you need uh, a mixer. If you want to do a little bit more than just record to, re recording your voice, you need to figure out how to upload the the podcast, how to stream it, um, how to tweak it for, for a lot of people, if, especially if you want to record like a, uh, a conversation with m multiple people, then sometimes you may want to do some tweaking after the fact. And if you only use a mixer, then the only thing you record is a stereo mix. Well, uh, there are way more things that people have on their wish lists when it comes to podcasting. And the roadcaster does almost everything. And I'll just describe you what I'm looking at. It's this big black, looks like a mixer, but very fancy, very modern. It's got uh, sliders for four microphone inputs. So I'm able to connect four professional microphones, and they can either be dynamic or uh, uh, powered microphones. Um, 
you can you can mute them, you can up or lower the volume. Uh, you can also mix them. So if the first channel, that which is usually usually the channel, the microphone of the host, you can set that to ducking power. That gives you extra power. Sometimes you you listen to these discussion podcasts and everybody talks over everyone. And it's usually because not everyone is in the same room, so there's a bit of a delay with Skype. And you get these really hard-to-follow discussions. Well, the roadcaster gives the host the ability to set the microphone. So if, if the host speaks, so if I say, well, okay, let's move on to the next topic, then it automatically lowers the volume of all the other microphones. That in itself is already, I think, super useful for a lot of podcasters. Now, not only can you add sources from the studio itself, like professional microphones, but you can also hook up your computer to the roadcaster and that's exactly what i've been doing i've hooked this one up to the macintosh i have a a, a slightly older imac from 2012 and i'm using that to uh, i I could use it to record the audio in for instance adobe uh, audition and then the roadcaster enables me to record all the tracks separately and that I, I remember times when we were recording show, discussion shows. Uh, we had a show about Once Upon a Time or Harry Potter. And then uh, oftentimes with Skype, you get technical issues, like there will be a buzz in someone's microphone or a dog starts barking or the you get the Cylon effect. We always call that the Cylon effect. So after a while, the USB port uh, gets a, a weird kind of latency and then all of a sudden you sound like this very weird. And you, the, the person who is talking doesn't notice that. So it's up to the host to correct that. But sometimes you can't. And so if you record all those voices separately, then later on you can completely cut out the parts where there is noise or, you know. And so it's amazing that you can do that. The other thing is that the, the audio from the computer can also be recorded and sent back to the computer without getting these weird echo effects and, and, and this audio looping. So... I'm now able to, for instance, play audio from my computer and it will end up in the podcast. That sounds like a a no-brainer, but in the other studio, in the other room where I was using a traditional mixer, I couldn't do that. As soon as I would mix in the audio from the computer, it would repeat my voice and you would get these echo, 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 and I've been already, already, already saying these saying these saying these things. It would be like that. So... The solution is to set up a mix minus, but that requires a lot of cabling, and it's really not intuitive. This device, I don't even have to think about it. It just knows what I want to do. So I can play, for instance, if I if I um, talk about a movie, I could play the, the audio of, of the trailer. Um, if I talk about, I don't know, I can play interviews. I can play snippets from, from, from I don't know, documentaries or YouTube clips, and it does it brilliantly. Um, then the other cool a- addition, um, and, and one of the reasons that I actually purchased this uh, roadcaster, is that I can hook up two phones, uh, one via uh, a cable, so I can use the just the, uh, um, what is it, the, f- f- <laughs> Apple keeps changing these names, the, well, whatever their their the proprietary cable is um but you can hook it up to the usb port on the back and that will give you one phone 
And you can have a Skype conversation. You can launch Skype on your phone and, and bring in someone like that. It will automatically make that a, a mix-minus connection as well. And then you can also hook up a second phone via Bluetooth. And currently, my phone, my regular phone, is hooked up via Bluetooth, and I can play audio on the phone, and it will end up in the, the podcast recording effortlessly. And it also, those devices have sliders, so I can completely uh, lower the volume. I can, can I can tweak the volumes because sometimes the phones will be either too loud or, or not loud enough. Um, so there's a lot of manual tweaking that is possible. You can also uh, hook up four uh, different headphones. So that's very useful if you're in a studio with several people presenting, and they can all have their own uh, headphone connection and every headphone has its own volume meter also super useful because some some people have bad ears or super sensitive ears and then uh, the last thing that i like about this is it has um a set of eight sound pads they're brightly colored and you can upload jingles so the jingle that i just played at the beginning the news jingle that came afterwards they were all activated by a simple press of the button and um it's it's not as versatile, of course, as a genuine jingle player like the the what is it the the webcaster the iJingle Pro that I'm using. It's an app that I use on my phone, but for most podcasters, this will be more than enough. And then there's more. This device also has excellent preamps, so that is the technology that um, that that. Uh, enhances the sound of the microphone. It will amplify the sound, but it will also do more than that. It will also process the sound. So I have a very good microphone that I'm using for this show. It's the Heil PR40, which already has a very compressed sound. It sounds very radio-like. But this Rodecaster, for every microphone, even the cheaper ones that you plug in, has two um, very standard... Uh, filters that are used a lot, or, or DP actually, actually DPS is digital signal DSP, digital sig digital signal processing units. Um, it's it's got an oral uh, exciter, which will create that that sound that you can that sounds even good in in a car. So when you listen to the radio in a car, um, there's a lot of extra noise. And so the aural exciter will enhance certain frequencies. So for, for instance, the very high frequencies, it will make it a little bit more sparkly. So my, sound, my voice sounds a little bit sharper in a car. And then it has a second uh, uh, digital effect that it adds, and that is like a... Um, a, a a base it will add a, a like a floor to the sound so every time i lower my voice it will make that a little bit more punchy and and that creates that very specific radio sound that a lot of people are 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 used to and so and, and not only will it apply that to very expensive microphones but even the cheaper ones will sound a hundred times better thanks to those to those uh, uh, digital enhancements. And this is standard stuff that is used in almost every radio studio in the world, but it would normally cost a fortune, not to mention a lot of hassle with setting it up. They integrated it in this device. And so far, I have to say, it, it, it works as advertised, and I'm very excited. They keep updating this uh, via um, the firmware, so I, I can't wait to see what else they can come up with. And uh, so if you are a podcaster and, and you're like, whoa, I want to check this out, 
maybe even purchase it. Then the only last thing I want to tell you is if you purchase it, just first go to tridio.com and if you click on support us, then on the bottom, you have to search for it because we don't advertise on the site, but there are affiliate links to the Amazon store. So if you click that, then we'll, you'll support me a little bit with a, with a purchase. So, uh, but super excited. The other thing that has changed is um, the computer. I'm using an iMac right now. And I was always using a PC in conjunction with VidBlaster, which is a great program, but very professional programs. It's got a very steep learning curve. It's actually created for very complex television situations where you have to switch between multiple cameras, sometimes even like, I don't know, 10 cameras at once. Um, and it had, has excellent green screen replacement. However, for my TV show, um, I, I was using Mac software, Ecamm actually, uh, for a live segment that, that I've started a few weeks ago after every ep TV episode, there's a little bit of a chat afterwards and people can hop from the television over to Facebook for that. Um, and the, I was super happy with the Ecamm software because it makes it possible to put comments on the screen, for instance. Um, it's like, th it's super easy. It's Mac software, so almost no no knowledge uh, uh, necessary. And it, it was pretty powerful. The only thing that that it lacked was green screen replacement and that's why i kept using fit blaster and I had the green screen behind me in the in, in studio one right now ecam has up moved to over to version 3.0 and they've turned it into a subscription model which i understand from a business pr perspective it's not that expensive i think it's 12 bucks a, a month for like the basic functionality uh, if you do a lot of podcasting and streaming then that is you know it's it's not free but it's reasonable for a price as a price but because i'd already purchased the uh the original app which came with free updates for the rest of your life they upgraded me to a lifetime subscription for the basic version and in version three they added green screen replacement and the first time i tried it out I was like, eh, it doesn't look as good as VidBlaster. But then I, I started to notice that you were able to tweak it a little bit. I added some extra light. And now it looks really good. I'm, I'm using the Brio webcam, the same one that I used in Studio One. Uh, finally, Logitech came with uh, um, uh, a, a Mac OS X driver. Um, so I guess it's because a lot of people bought the webcam just thinking it's a webcam, so it should work with my Mac, but it didn't because you needed a specific uh, driver for that. They now created a driver. It's really good. It's better than the, than the PC driver. So it now also works with the Mac. And that made it for me possible to move the entire podcast setup to the small editing room. It's a much, much smaller room. It will free up space in the bigger studio for other things. And, um, and so far, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this. I'm excited with this. And it makes my life, and that is the most important thing, it makes my life so much easier because it's all like just press a few buttons and you're good to go. Um, and I like that because I want to focus on the content and not on the technicalities. Um, the... the uh, uh, yeah, the, the entire image looks crisp, it looks fine, and so it's, it's, it's great. In other news, <laughs> there's much more that happened this past week. Uh, one very important thing that happened was, of course, the start of Lent, Ash Wednesday. 
And one of my Ash Wednesday resolutions uh, is I want to take better care of myself. Uh, you've, you've, if you've listening, if you've been listening to the to the walk specifically, you know that I've been burning the candle at both ends for way too long, and I was getting all sorts of of problems, uh, just lack of sleep, stress. Uh, I was not in good shape anymore. I was just working, 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 and last week. Uh, I, I was on the verge, again, on the verge of a burnout. I could just feel all the symptoms. There's just this general sense of like, I don't, I want to quit. <laughs> I don't enjoy my work anymore. And so um, for me, it was very important for Lent to make the decision to focus on my health and to rebalance my life. That's one of the things I think that Lent wants you to do. It's to find a better balance between the, let's say your 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 body, your the way you use your stuff and your work and the external world, and your relationship with God. And I think on all those three levels, I needed a reset and I needed a better balance. And that's what I'm focusing on. And one of the most radical decisions that I've taken on Ash Wednesday itself is I'm going to work for forty days half time, which is super radical. I've never done that. I've Always worked more than full time. Uh, the past two we- two months, I've been working an average of ten to twelve to sometimes fourteen hours per day, seven days a week. For Lent, I'm going to work half time. I think I'm entitled to it because I've worked so much overtime that actually, if you add it up, it will enable me to go half time. But it's also a way for it's to force myself to take a new look at what I do and how much time I invest in the things that I do. And if the time is up, we need to find other solutions. And that's what we did this morning. We sat together with the the Tridio team and we just took it for granted that I would work 20 hours this week. And then we started to look at the, okay, so what are the to-dos? What are the priorities? And how can we make the things that are taking up too much time but still need to be done, how can we do that simpler? And this setup, this podcast setup, is one of those solutions that will make it easier for me to just hop in, hop out, record a podcast, do a very quick stream. I don't have to set up lots of things, and it makes it easier. We're going to do, we're going to work on solutions for our, our video productions as well. Uh, one of the things that we do every week is record a talk show, but we record it separately with three cameras, two wireless microphones, lots and lots of uh, tripods for light, for cameras, for audio. It's a hassle and then I come back home and I have an audio recording and three separate HD video recordings that I need to sync, that I need to edit it and all the cuts from camera one to camera two to camera three have to be done manually, which is an insane amount of work. And so, what we're going to do is we're going to try to figure out a solution to bring the same quality, uh, but to do that with an easier equipment setup so that we can do all the camera switching in on location so that we, re- we go to a location, record a, a show, and the moment we press stop, the show will be finished and it will already be ready for, for, uh, for broadcasting. So the lack of time, the lack of of resources make us more or force us to become more creative. And that is what I like. That's what I, it's kind of been, 
it's been part of my DNA for, for more than 10 years with podcasting. I didn't have any means. I didn't have resources, didn't have much equipment or money to pay for equipment. But we may do. We, we, we just figured it out how to do it with simple means, with simple equipment, with simple software solutions. And I think that we're, again, kind of bringing that into our way of working. So um, that's, a, that's a nice challenge. And I, I'm really looking forward to having more time to just sit and read a book I just continue building my Lego Hogwarts castle uh, to pray, to go for a walk or go for a run, all that. Um, but it, it, it is hard. It's hard for me to tell myself that tomorrow I'll only be working four hours instead of eight or 10 or 12. Um, but I'll let you know how, how things go. Then... Um, uh, in other, I'm just this new segment is going to be way too long. I've been chatting for 20 minutes. You guys are all waiting for my Captain Marvel review. But just very briefly, um, we uh, we reposted the Lego Lenten video. It's a short explanation, one minute explanation of Ash Wednesday and Lent. Uh, I I redid the the video for my Dutch audience. I did a, a new voiceover. I tweaked the image, uh, kind of brightened it up, uh, made it more colorful. And both the English and the Dutch video went viral again. Unbelievable. Tens of thousands of views, hundreds of shares. Um, it, it's another confirmation that investing in Lego productions pays off because I created that video in 2016. And every year it goes viral. Unbelievable. This, there's a, there is really a lot of demand for this stuff. And it's you make it once. It does cost some energy. But once it's there, you can reuse it every year because the liturgical year does not change. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm also going to do more of, of that sort of stuff. Also wrapped up uh, my board game, long board game session, multiple months, playing Charterstone, which is a kind of a hardcore board game. Um, and uh, last Saturday, or was it Friday? I think it was Saturday. We played the last two sessions, and uh, it was... It was epic. It was really a lot of fun. And uh, now we're taking a short break. <laughs> we also need a break there. And then we'll, we'll, we'll probably go back to this one of those Star Wars board games that are super enjoyable. All right. And with that, it is time to move over to the next segment, which is, of course, dedicated to movies and TV shows. And um, I've got one TV show that I want to talk about briefly and one movie, Captain Marvel. Or should I say, actually, it is Captain Marvel. It's two words, Marvel. It's an alien name. It is the latest installment in the, uh, 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 in, 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 well, in the Marvel universe. And it was, it was pretty good. I'll give you my full review after the jingle. How do you not like movies? They're predictable. Like, the guy gets the girl, and that kid sees dead people, and Darth Vader is Luke's father. Not liking movies is like not liking puppies. They're fine. I just get bored and never make it to the end. You know, you need a movie education. You need a movication. Now I'm going to give it to you. All right, I'll try to stay as spoiler-free as possible. Um, the only information that will be in this review is the information that you could also gather from watching the trailers. So, Captain Marvel, I, I saw the movie 
on the day of its premiere, there was an, actually a nightly premiere as well. Uh, my good friend John Domek went to see it with his uh, family. Uh, in the middle of the night, he recorded a, a, a review. He always records a video, short video review on his phone after seeing a movie. And he watches like, I don't know, five, six movies per week. Um, and that particular review of Captain Marvel was recorded at three o'clock in the morning. Ah, oh, goodness gracious. I'm too old for that. He's much younger than I, like a year younger or something like that. I couldn't do it. So here is the sound of one of the TV spots for Captain Marvel. Critics have spoken. Captain Marvel is an origin story like no other. I've never seen anything like her. It's a genuine game changer. The film soars. Get ready for an electrifying new hero. I've been waiting for this moment. Captain Marvel, rated PG-13, now playing. All right, Captain Marvel. Um, it is absolutely soaring. The movie is soaring. It's one of the, I think, one of the best-looking Marvel movies so far. Uh, perhaps the, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy was even better looking, but it is very, very good looking. And what I really loved about this, this is just one of those classic Marvel movies. Like, everything works. It is... It's not groundbreaking, except for that it's finally, finally, after all these years, a superhero movie that stars a woman. And what a woman. Amazing. Brie Larson is the perfect Carol Danvers, uh, perfect Captain Marvel. I'm not spoiling anything there. Uh, she is uh, she's amazing um, and very cool uh, also, like the changes in her character, she there's a, a good. This is an origin story, um, but it's it's you see her change over time when she not only does she become a superhero by all the superhero abilities that she gets, but also mentally she's getting so much stronger. And it has to do with the things that she discovers about her past and about her role in the universe. So this is also a vocation story. And the more she discovers who she is called to be, that she becomes herself and she finds her strength. And that strength is so um, I mean, she's considered, Captain Marvel's considered to be the strongest, the most powerful superhero in the Marvel Universe. If I, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not an expert, but that's what people have been telling me. But also mentally, she turns into one of the strongest uh, superheroes. And it is so cool to finally have her being added to the this whole cast of superheroes. Because, of course, this will not be the only movie in which we will see Captain Marvel. Um, she'll be back. I won't spoil when and how and why, <clears throat> but she's going to play a major role in upcoming Marvel movies. Also in this movie, a second uh, main role, is Samuel L. Jackson back as Nick Fury which is always a joy because Samuel L. Jackson is a super geek himself and you can tell that he enjoys making these movies. What is stunning in Captain Marvel is that they de-aged him uh, and because they go back in time. This, this movie takes place in the, I think in the early 90s, if I'm mistaken, or late 80s. So it has a lot of the music and the, the, the world that looks like the world when I was in high school which is also a bit traumatic for me. 
So a lot there's this soundtrack that is very different from the soundtrack in 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 the Gar- uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which was mostly '70s music. This is the music that I actually used to hate when I was in high school. The only music that I listened to, in contrast with all my fellow classmates, was was movie music and crooners. I was such a crooner fan. I was singing Sinatra songs. So yes, I was completely an outcast. And so it's 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 early '90s. Uh, according to John. Thank you so much in the chat. Um, and uh, But it's, it's, it's very well done. It's very well executed. Um, so also Samuel L. Jackson looks like the way he looked in the 90s. And of course, that is all digital rejuvenation, uh, albeit with help of great makeup because there are some behind-the-scenes photos of uh, Samuel L. Jackson on, on set. And, of course, nowadays he's always a bald guy. Um, for this, he's got the hair that he used to have in the 90s, but they applied that hair not digitally. That would be, you know, a waste of CGI <laughs> capacity. They, they used uh, artificial hair. Um, but that, in combination with the slimming of his face, the removal of the wrinkles... The, the thing is, they've done this in a lot of movies. They think one of the first times that we saw this being done, you know, on a pretty big scale was one of those X-Men movies. Um, they they did it uh, more recently in a quite spectacular manner with Iron Man, um, where they showed Iron Man before he became even successful. And, and they show him as a like a, a, a kid that is, has, I don't know, 20 years old. But it still was a little bit uncanny, uncanny val- village. You could tell it was done amazing at the time. It was like the most groundbreaking thing that they had done. But it, you could still t- tell that there was something off. Well, in, in this uh, uh, Captain Marvel um, de-aging process, it is flawless. You cannot detect it. I tried. I knew that they, they had done this digitally. I was looking for sim- for small giveaways it's flawless you totally believe that they tra- that they took a time machine a delorean and out comes samuel jackson from the 90s and and it is amazing and the the full acting is there there's nothing weird because he was on set and and they used his face and his body they just made it flawless and he's not the only person who got uh, digital makeup and digital rejuvenation clark gregg is also back which came to me as a huge surprise who plays agent colson one of one of the great characters from the early uh, avengers movies here he's back even younger than the guy he 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 used to be in those earlier avengers movies um and and he too looks very good it's not as flawless there's a little bit of i think it's also because of the makeup or the hair there's something that is a little bit i don't know it, it doesn't look artificial but it's almost as if well you can see that it, the hair was you know was done uh, uh with with uh, a, a hair piece um but but you the, the, there's so much more in your face that changes for instance your ears and your nose they keep growing until you die so that's one of the first things they will do they will slim down your nose they will make your ears smaller and uh but there are all sorts of little things the way your skin looks uh you know 20 years ago my skin was very different from the skin that i currently have and so there's a there's a lot of 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 that stuff um that has been evolving cgi wise and 
it really helps you believe that this takes place in this in in the early 90s um the story itself um there's also jude law also great role um there is uh this is first timer um what's her name i think it is was it Lashana Lynch or some other or no wait a minute it's Annette uh, Benning um, and she plays a, a, a an important character in the movie can't say too much about it um, and she was uh, the other day doing the rounds of the talk shows and basically confessing that she'd never really been involved in any superhero movies and it, it's it's great to have a, an older actor playing an important role also female actor a very very important uh, secondary role here in uh, in the movie and also a new a new type of character that we've not not seen before in in the Marvel universe so about the story it's an origin story it is um it's it's fast paced it's funny i'm so glad there is humor um there is there are some really cool little references to what we what will happen later in in the Avengers movies there is a, a bit of backstory uh, about the eye patch of of Nick Fury that is uh, that gets uh, an explanation here which is different from the comics but brilliant absolutely brilliant there's a cat in the in in the movie as well actually they used three cats uh, Usually every cat is trained for specific tasks. They had one cat that did it all, and then they had two secondary cats. The cat is also a character and a very important, well, a very important one. Yes, relatively important one. There's there's something about this cat. It's not just a regular cat. So that was funny. Um, the the action is all great. It's very well choreographed. It's nothing, nothing different from the stuff that we've seen in uh, other Marvel movies. The only thing perhaps that is... Uh, kind of cool is that there is a lot of flying because, well, Captain Marvel can fly. But it's different from the kind of flying that we've seen so far, which was almost always engine-powered, like like uh, Iron Man or uh, Hawkeye or, you know, all these. They always use machines to fly, but Captain Marvel can fly by herself. So it's much more kind of like a Supergirl or something like that. Um, the costumes... Oh, the costumes are so great. This is the perfect Captain Marvel outfit. And it's 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 kind of a bit techy. It's it's uh, the colors are bright and vibrant. It is is a great costume. So, um yeah. What's what, what else is there? Um I I'd say there there uh, uh, some of the f- action scenes are a bit long. They're great, so they're really well, it's popcorn action. But I was like, okay, I had some. T- uh, there were a few moments in the movie where I had to struggle against the sleep, also because I was watching this on Ash Wednesday after having worked nonstop for several days. So I was like, hey, "I'm free! I'm going to the movies!" And then I was like, "Okay, uh, this is awesome! Oh, I got to stay awake." <laughs> so I had a few moments there. Um, this is also a movie I want to see another time. I definitely want to see it another time because I didn't catch all the references and and it's an entertaining story. This is one of those stories that you can watch several times. That's not the case with every superhero movie. So all in all, a great addition to the Marvel lineup. I can't wait to see her in one of the future Marvel movies. This is, well, how does this sit in terms of favorite, less favorite movies? Definitely way above Ant-Man. It's slightly underneath uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I would say it's on par with the first Avengers movie for me, personally. 
definitely above Iron Man. Um, and slightly below, oh, it's way above Age of Ultron, which was one of the weakest installments. I think it, I would say this is on par with the third Captain America movie, which was really awesome, but with a more likable main character even. Yeah, all right, so high praise for Captain Marvel. I enjoyed it. I hope you can see it soon. And uh, this is just one of those movies that makes it worth your while to go to the to the, the theater instead of watching it afterwards on streaming platforms. All right, in other movie TV news, you've all heard about this new Michael Jackson uh, television documentary that was actually not just television documentary. It also was uh, aired um, on, on festivals. It caused a lot of controversy. It is uh, basically alleging that Michael Jackson has abused young children, especially boys, uh, at the at his, uh, what is it, uh, the, the Michael Jackson Neverland Ranch or whatever it is. Um, of course, there were a lot of rumors. There even were some, some uh, legal cases while he was still alive. Um, he paid a lot of hush money or he made arrangements with some of the kids and parents that wanted to uh, bring him to court for millions and millions of dollars. It, there were, of course... Uh, non-disclosure agreements with almost everyone who worked there at uh, Neverland. But it seems that 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 time that, that they were able to kind of tone down the rumors is over now. So, of course, in the kind of the, the follow-up to the Me Too movement, and now, and, and let's not forget also the exposure that was given to all the scandals in, in the church, in the Catholic church, um, that definitely has helped, and I'm, you know, if there's one good thing that comes from all the scandals, then it is this awareness, especially the awareness of the victims, that they can safely start telling their story. That now the world will listen instead of suing them or telling them, oh, you're exaggerating, or you just want to make money, which kind of has been the defense of the of the Jackson estate for many years. Oh, these people are just trying to make money off of our backs. Well. The documentary was aired on Dutch television. It's a four-hour documentary, and two alleged victims of Michael Jackson are telling their their side of the story. And there's a lot of archival material, photos. They also talk with the parents of those you know, of, of of these people. Now they're grown ups, of course. They were they were kids, and um, uh, I have to say, their their testimony sounds very believable. There are way too many details. There's way too much emotion also for it to be fake. Um, it, 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 to me, again, it, it, this is years and years after these things occurred. So in terms of you know legal consequences, it's probably very complicated. But uh, for the reputation of Michael Jackson and for the future of his music, this is going to have a massive impact, even if... You know, things can't be totally proven. This this is such a sordid, shocking story. And this is just two people. There were legions of kids that stayed over there. And uh, so you may assume that if these stories now are are uh, entering the public domain, more 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 former kids will start to speak up about what they what they went through. Already a lot of radio stations and streaming services have star stopped airing Michael Jackson's music. 
that's kind of one of the one of the things that happens is the same with with actors that fall from grace and you know the, their movies won't be shown anymore uh, people just don't want to have have anything to do with that it also uh created a lot of uproar among Michael Jackson fans and devotees. This is also uh, a group of people that have staunchly def uh, defended Michael Jackson even while he was alive. Um, they just can't imagine that someone who makes such beautiful music, writes such beautiful lyrics, seems to be so kind and so friendly and would harm a fly, wouldn't harm a fly. That's kind of the image that Michael Jackson himself projected all the time. You know, I'm, He was just basically this, this Peter Pan-like fairy tale figure and well fairy tale figures don't have they don't sin they don't have i don't know they don't do these things that but of course that is it's the same discussion as in the church how can this priest or that that kind bishop how could he have led this double life how could he have done all these things well in in the catholic church our eyes have been opened someone can be extremely kind and yet at the same time lead a double life and so why would it be different outside of the church people are people so uh it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens the, the, the i also feel for those michael jackson fans because of course they were like well where's the proof and of course there is no definitive proof that these people are telling the truth uh, or uh, if they're if they don't want to make money off of this one of these stories to me, that, that seems unlikely, but, of course, a lot of fans, well, they, they will defend Michael Jackson as long as they live. The, I read an interesting analysis this morning from a psychologist about this, and he said, this is uh, the, the, the uh, there are literally death, de death, oh, I can't pronounce the word, death threats um, sent to uh, the people that have made the movie, to the people that speak up in the movie, uh, but also to the stations that have aired this or, or the, the theaters that have shown this, this uh, documentary. Um, the, this, this psychologist was actually, um, I think, someone who does uh, works at the university. He says, this is just one of those examples of how our brains work. If we always, it, we, it takes a lot of time to get used to a very radically different situation. We don't like change. We There is something in us that resists change. And the bigger the change, the harder it is. This is one of the things I think that we've, again, seen in the church many, many times when there is this, this big change in the way we celebrate the liturgy, the way that the church talks about itself. that it took place during Vatican II, several years, where the church basically did a, not a reboot, but a rethinking of who are we, what is our, what is our, our, our task, our vocation in this world, how do, we, how do we operate, how do we celebrate. All that was changed. And for a lot of people, it took years and years. And some people are still not over these changes and re and, and reject Vatican II. Um, it takes many years for that to kind of start to 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 sink in with people. Um, that is also the case, according to this scientist, with with the the current situation with Michael Jackson. There's so it's such a shock, and it's such a different image it's like a, the complete opposite image of of the 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 michael jackson the way michael jackson jack i can't speak anymore michael jackson projected himself in the media 
Like, I'm this super soft-spoken kind. I wouldn't hurt a fly. I would never hurt a kid. But then again, do you remember that one documentary that was made in a like in the final year, I think, of his life? Where this, uh, I think, an Egyptian journalist was able to gain Michael Jackson's trust and followed him for weeks. I watched that documentary, and that was when it started to dawn upon me that, that Michael Jackson was actually a, a very deranged person, that his behavior was very abnormal and, and sometimes even, well, I would say, disturbing. Um, and it was one uh, sequence or one scene in that, in that documentary that was very creepy at the time actually was one of the one of the moments that triggered the uh the police investigation where they raided his uh his estate and uh because they were so alarmed by what they saw and it's it's one of those boys that was you know bef- had befriended that Michael Jackson had befriended let's not for- forget that there is a power difference uh, abuse is always also abuse of power and Michael Jackson may may think that he's a kid or he wants the world to believe that he was a Peter Pan kid just like the other kids but he wasn't he was an adult he was very rich and very powerful so um you know many of these kids were, were victims of the situation but th- 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 this boy is leaning his head against the shoulder of michael jackson and michael jackson is there already heavily kind of deformed because he was constantly upgrading his nose and he looks very strange there and then um i think the kid talks about the sleepovers at Neverland, uh, the Neverland range. And then uh, basically says, and then at one point Michael Jackson invited me into his bed and I could s- spend the night in his bed. And then the the, the, the reporter, the interviewer is like, what? Wait, hold on. D- you slept in Michael Jackson? And then he asks Michael Jackson, but you're an adult. You're 41 years old. That is not normal. I mean, do you think that is... How do you defend having a kid sleep in your bed and a Michael Jackson is but oh but isn't this the greatest expression of friendship and kindness that you offer I mean your bed is your most personal place and you invite a boy in your bed I mean it's the kindest thing you can do and it's like what that would be unthinkable in this day and age he got away with it for years and years so it's I mean the documentary is very graphic, not visually, but in the, the things that these two men describe, what what would happen there, and then all the other stories that are now kind of starting to show up in the news. It is damaging Michael Jackson's reputation, I think, forever. This will, I don't think that the Jackson estate can turn this around. And even if some of it may not be entirely verifiable, there is a, it sounds true enough, I think, for this to be, well, the end of at least Michael Jackson as a person. I'm not sure about the music because, you, of course, you can always distinguish between the art and the artist. And, and it's, it's comparable to the whole up, uh, upheaval about uh, R. Kelly. Same thing. Uh, a big documentary. All of a sudden, victims are starting to speak up and then nobody wants to play that music again. And uh, and uh, same thing, there there is a difference between the artists and the songs that he created, and the person he was in real life. And what we sometimes do is we put we create a golden calf, we put 
artists and film stars and rock stars on a pedestal and we think that they automatically get this halo and they're saints and they do nothing wrong and they would not but the more people are put on a pedestal and have almost unlimited power and money and ways to to silence detractors the more dangerous the situation becomes and the more um the the easier it becomes for these people to start abusing that power and that position. And so for us, as a society, as a culture, we need to stop doing that. We need to realize that Michael Jackson, uh, Cardinal McCarrick, McCarrick uh, this or that priest, this or that artist, this or that movie star, think of, uh, what is it, Spacey, they're not superheroes. They're not moral saints. They are people, and some of them are very good people, and some of them are huge sinners and even criminals. And never look just at the appearances, but always give people the credit that they may be actually better than, than the impression that you have, but also allow yourself to give room for sin and mistakes and evil and... Where people are vulnerable and they can make grave mistakes in their lives. The difference with the, our modern day culture is we, we crucify people in public, even sometimes before there is proof. The difference with the church is the church will always take sin very seriously, um, but will always continue to hope for even the worst criminals because. God's forgiveness and God's mercy and God's healing powers are way bigger than our powers of forgiveness and healing. And so in this respect, I think that um, uh, that ultimately there's always hope for the victims and for the perpetrators. But in the meantime, justice has to, to, has to be served and we need to be more, more vigilant. And in that respect, I think this whole development the me too movement all these revelations i hope that the the ones that most benefit from this are the victims of of this injustice of of these crimes that they will find uh, a society that listens to them that helps them that understands them and that they on in their in in turn can become perhaps people that can empower other victims uh, i saw an interview with the ex-wife of r kelly and i was so impressed by her strength and she was like i went through a horrible time but one of the things that i loved what she said was the best i got the best of of, of r kelly his child and i'm raising that child now and the father is horrible but the child is beautiful. It's my child and my children that are now encouraging me to stand up and to tell all other victims of R. Kelly to be strong and that there is a way out and there is a future for you and that you have inner strength. And so it was this, wow, I can't believe that someone who went through so much pain and so much suffering came out so strong and with a clear vocation and a calling to be there as a as a as an example for other victims, as, as someone that they can hold on to and that shows them the way out of, of the misery and the culpability and everything. And so there's, there's sometimes good comes from very, very bad situations. That also is, I think, something, something very Catholic. 
there's no horrible situation that God can't somehow salvage and turn into something that is a carrier of grace. And with that, I think we need to move over to the Peculiar Bunch. <laughs> Catholics rock! Now, we've already touched upon some of those uh, Catholic things in the previous segment. <laughs> but there's Catholics always more. Catholics can be a peculiar bunch. No meat on Friday. No meat? What do they eat? Light bulbs? Because we got to talk a little bit about Lent, 40 days, to prepare us for the Feast of Easter. Now, I want to give you a little bit of a personal update on how I'm faring in this time of Lent. Man, you guys got more crazy rules than Blockbuster Video. So at the start of the show, I told you that one of my uh, resolutions for Lent, one of the things that I want to work on, is to take better care of myself. And actually, that sounds selfish, at least to me. But it isn't, because one of the commandments, one of the two most important commandments that Jesus gives us, or affirms because they were already uh, commandments also in the Old Testament, is love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that final part is very important. It's hard to love someone else if you also don't accept and love yourself. And of course, that is different from, you know, selfishness or only taking care of that's why jesus balances it out and 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 i think one of one of the things that i've been struggling with is is uh taking good care of myself of my soul of my body of my relationships of my stuff (laughs) and 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 this time of lent i want to rebalance that but there was also a second thing that i wanted to do for lent and that is to go waste free and I can already tell you that the first week has been an adventure <laughs> and also a challenge. Um, so the very simple rule that I gave myself was don't buy stuff that creates garbage, especially not garbage that is not uh, recyclable. And I, we talked a little bit about uh, the different aspects of recycling not everything can be recycled back to new Uh, plastics can be recycled in some cases depends on the type of plastic but it can only be downgraded so it can be reused in 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 once more but in a in a less in a quality less lesser quality than the original plastic product and it will still end up ultimately in our uh you know on 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 the 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 dumps Uh, it it will uh, it, it, it will at a one point uh, be thrown away and and, and plastic is, is a major source of pollution now in the world and all the microplastics because plastic will break down but it will break down in very very tiny little plastic elements and that those microplastics are now everywhere they're in our drinking water they're in our in our uh, uh, plants, in the animals that we consume. And so they are also part of our bodies. And we don't know yet what kind of damage those microplastics, if any, will do to our bodies. So that's a very scary situation. Now, of course, I am not going to change the world just by, by changing my behavior, but I want to 
be part of this this uh, new conscience that we are creating in the world, that we need to take these things into account. We can't just consume and throw away and consume more and throw away even more. We need to be responsible, not just for our day and age, but also for the world that we give to our children and grandchildren and generations after us. They will have to deal with with the mess that we are currently making. Um, and I've noticed how hard it is. For instance, coffee. Right before Ash Wednesday, I had no more coffee in the house. So on Ash Wednesday, I didn't drink any coffee. But then I was like, okay, but um, how, so how do I make coffee? If I can't, because the coffee pads are packaged in plastic. And also the plastic has a aluminum element component in it. So I, it can't be recycled. That was a no-go for me. Fortunately, I, uh, Inge gave me some, some coffee a while ago uh, from Ethiopia that, is, that I'm still using up, using regular paper filters to, to, to make the coffee, to brew the coffee in an old-fashioned way. But it is a problem. And you can't get uh, um, like coffee pads without creating garbage, uh, non-composable, non-recyclable garbage. So I'll need to look into different ways of making coffee. I know that there are some supermarkets or some shops, stores, where you can buy coffee beans that you then grind yourself. And the coffee beans are brought to the stores in, um, uh, what's the name of this fabric? Well, anyway, not in plastic. So that would be an option for me. But it means that I need to figure out how to make, how to grind coffee. So that, that's, I, I kind of like that. It's, it's trying to figure stuff out. Um, I was at Ikea's the other day, um, and uh, the temperatures are slightly going upwards, even though today it was super cold outside. Um, I need uh, new, not new pillows, but new sheets, bed sheets. And um, I was on the verge of buying a, a pair, and then I realized, wait a minute, it's packaged in plastic. That would go against my... Uh, my my decision to not create any waste. So I brought it back. I didn't buy it ultimately, and now I'm looking for the bar. There's a bargain cor corner, bargain corner, uh, at IKEA's where they will sell stuff without packaging. It's usually things that people brought back or like demo stuff, and um, so I'll I'll scout that for uh, for bed sheets. Um, I. Still bought a few things in plastic uh, just because otherwise I couldn't eat. But most of it I was able to uh, to hold on to the rule and the, the things that I bought that were packaged, I made sure that the plastic itself was recyclable. So entirely fully waste-free was, was not possible, but I did produce very, very little plastic. And the, the thing that it already starts to do is it, it gives me a, this awareness when I walk into the supermarket and I look around, I'm like, <gasps> everything is packaged in throwaway plastics. What a world have we created. This is, the, I need to change. So I, I, I can't go to the supermarket for all my stuff anymore. I need to go to the market. And it is a small change. It will require a little bit of extra effort. I need to go on a bike, etc. I need to make sure that I know where the market is and when. But it's not impossible. And it brings me closer, as a, one of the added advantages, to the kind of the hobbit lifestyle that I dreamed of when I, when I, when I was younger. 
like a year ago. <laughs> like, I want to turn and grow more towards a hobbit lifestyle and live closer to nature and and less less noise in my life, less stuff, less less throwaway stuff, as more specifically. So it's been an interesting journey so far, and um, well, there's some other stuff that I do uh, during Lent, but well. That's, that's between me and God. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, let's talk about books. When did you become an expert in thermonuclear astrophysics? Last night. The packet. The extraction theory papers. Am I the only one who did the reading? Oh, by the way, um, I did find new sources of coffee. Of course, we can. I can drink coffee here at work, at the office. There is coffee, free coffee even, in, in paper... Uh, uh, cups at Ikea and Ikea is my neighbor so if I cycle to work I pa- basically pass through Ikea so I can get a cup of coffee there and uh, well so I, I, I'm, I'm fine I'm fine and I can just kind of lower the amount of coffee that I drink which I've already done uh, books uh, just a very brief update I've, I'm, I continue to read on uh, using uh, the Alexa device uh, or the app actually it's not ideal it's on the, on the phone and um, it's still buggy on on the iPhone, uh, but even the Android version will stop stop narrating after a couple of minutes or sometimes it's ten minutes, sometimes it's uh, half an hour. But it has these this weird behavior. Um, I I just today I ordered um, an Alexa. I think it's called a Dot. It's a small small version. It's like looks like a hockey puck. And you can hook that up to speakers. And I've ordered one so I can use that in my computer room because uh, very often I will just build Legos or I'll um, uh, play a video game while listening to audiobooks. And the Alexa, the, the, the hardware device can actually uh, uh, well, th- can read every Kindle book that's in my library or almost every Kindle book. And, and uh, well, it's, it's, it was on sale, very cheap. Let's hope there's not too much plastic packaging around that <laughs> otherwise I'll, i will feel guilty again um uh, one last tip right now I'm, I'm not sure if it's will still be on sale uh, when you're listening to this but right now the special 75th anniversary edition of the hobbit is available on kindle for 4.99 it's said uh, it's discounted and i already have a copy of the hobbit but what, but what makes this Kindle version special is that it is actually filled with the original uh, paintings uh, and, and drawings that Tolkien made, including the rarer ones. Um, and uh, as you know, a lot of the, the movie uh, language, the visual language that they used for the movies, it was, was taken from, from the sketches of Tolkien himself. And it has audio and video. It's got a video introduction by Christopher Tolkien, of course, uh, Tolkien's oldest son. Uh, uh, and it's I think it's a 10-minute video. And, and this was totally new to me, it has audio fragments of Tolkien reading, reading poems, and singing. So you remember the song that the hobbits sing at Bilbo's uh, uh, house when they're doing the dishes. And they're throwing the dishes around, and it's got this. This in a movie, it's this rousing song like oh, this, uh, that's uh, that's what Bilbo Baggins uh, wants, or something like that. Well, it turns out the original melody and rhythm that Tolkien had in mind was actually quite similar to what you hear in the movie. 
Um, the the movie version is a little bit more singable, so they do this 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 tension thing like, uh, that's what Bill. So that's not in the original one, but there is a recording when you so you're reading through the book, and then you have these small play buttons that you can, and then you hear Tolkien singing. He actually has a very good singing voice, and there are lots of little snippets in the book um, that I've not seen before. Now, of course, of this means that you have to read this on... Uh, you can't read this on a black-and-white Kindle. You have to read this on a, either a Fire tablet or on your computer or on an iOS device or an Android device. So it needs to have a color screen and the ability to play audio. But I thought it was awesome. I d was not aware that this edition existed. And for $4.99, it's a pretty unique, unique document. Of course, if you want to save some money, you can just keep the version you have and just look up those those segments online because of, for instance, the, the Bilbo. I, let me do that. Let me do that. Um, you can look it up on YouTube. And most of this stuff is is available on YouTube. So let me see. Tolkien singing Blunt the Knives. That's the song. And you'll hear Tolkien sing Chip the Glasses and Crack the Plates. And this is what it sounds Chip like. Chip the glasses and crack the plates, blunt the knives and bend the forks. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. Smash the bottles and burn the corks. Cut the cloth and tread on the fat, pour the milk on the pantry floor, leave the bones on the bedroom mat, splash the wine on every door. I don't know how much copyright is on these, so I'll just play a shirt. But isn't that amazing? You just hear Tolkien sing the songs that he composed himself and wrote himself. Uh, pretty, pretty cool. All right, let's go to the next segment. I forgot which button I have to press. <laughs> is it the green one? Wait, this is a peculiar bunch. It's probably this one. What is this? Oh, this is a science segment. Do I have something to talk about? <laughs> I'm already over time, actually. I should probably wrap it up. This is either science. You know what? Let's make this science slash tech for the time being because um, there's a little tech update and then we're going to wrap things up. Um, speaking of science, oh, there was a little Lord of the Rings thingy that I needed to mention. Okay, forget about this jingle. Wait, I can I can just turn it down. <laughs> I've got a physical slider. I just I just got rid of the jingle. Isn't that amazing? Um, Tolkien, Lord of the Rings. You may have seen this awesome news. Of course, we all knew that, that, that Amazon Prime was making a Lord of the Rings TV series. They have now announced when this will take place. And it is during the Second Age. Oh, oh my goodness. There is this map, this interactive map that they've been adding to. And now it shows all these new... The, the, the island, what is it called? A, a, a region... A region uh. The name escapes me. You know the, the the island that is completely sunken. It's it's this this Atlantis of Middle Earth, and it's gone in the world in the Third Age, but it's still there in the time frame of this television series, and that is amazing, amazing. The map, by the way, looks awesome too. I want to have a real paper version of that map. I hope they will soon uh, make that available as uh, you know franchise posters or whatever. But I couldn't be more excited because this means that the Tolkien estate has broadened the uh, uh, the the license. So far, Tolkien estate, Christopher Tolkien has always said, it's just The Hobbit and, Tol and The Lord of the Rings, and none of it, not none of uh, any other thing of my father cannot be turned into any other form, uh, be it a video game or whatever. Turns out 
This goes to the second age. So they will use the Silmarillion. There's there's lots of info in Silmarillion that you need to fill in the blanks of this of this second age. It will also show us new worlds. The the entire world of Middle Age. This is centuries before the stories of the Hobbit. I think it's a thousand years before, right? Uh, Numenor. Uh, the the fall of of uh, what was it Numenor the fall no it's the, the the city on Numenor anyway there is new material that has never been turned into anything else than a story and on 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 paper that that will be used as the framework for this television series which makes it super cool and it also avoids a lot of problems because if it would be concurrent to the events in the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit people would compare it to what they've seen in the in the Jackson movies and, uh, and 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 Peter Jackson of course had his own take he's not involved in the production of this he's a consultant for the television series but they don't have to worry about that because this is centuries before the events so the world will look di- will look different and still it will be middle earth there will be elves there will be orcs there will be dwarves and and hobbits perhaps but they can do it they can give it their own Spin. So, very, very cool. All right. And then, finally, technology, because we need to talk a little bit technology. Uh, well, actually, I can skip that. The, there's one tech, kind of a technology thing that I bought. It's the Lego movie set. It is, uh, the, the, the second Lego movie is out. I've not seen it yet. But I saw a, a playset that is available, and I bought it immediately, which actually enables you to make your own Lego movies with your cell phone. And it's got holders for a background, and it's very simple. It's not even for stop-motion Lego movies, but there are little transparent levers that you can use to move uh, your minifigures, and, and it's extremely versatile. And it will enable me to create Lego movies much in a much easier way than the way I used to film these things. So uh, I can't wait to start working on that in my spare time one of these days. Um, yeah, and I had some more notes, but I will keep that for the after show, which is, of course, for my dear patrons. And with that, it is time to start the end jingle and <laughs> wrap things up. Thank you so much for listening and hope you enjoyed the audio quality of this. Give me some feedback if you like this. And if you've seen me on Facebook, I'd love to hear your thoughts about the quality of the video as well. If you want to watch this, if you're only listening to the audio, make sure you keep an eye on my Facebook feed. That's where I post these shows. See you next week. Take care.